Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. My hair does. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com, interrupted rudely by co-host Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, what's up? Hi. Remember, you, well, you know, I I thought you were going to introduce me as Alex Pulowski. That's cute. That's cute. Yeah, I accidentally sent him the link. (laughs) Um, It is February 6th. We are here to talk SmackDown Live. Of course, guys. Leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, turn your notifications on, all that good stuff. Visit Fightful.com. We have forums, photos, videos. You all know the drill podcast. We are breaking news all the time at Fightful.com. Also joined tonight by uh, Anna Bauert. Anna, who uh, was at this weekend's EPW show. And is, if you all saw the video we included in our Fight Size update, uh, looked looked kind of popping, Anna. Yeah, that um, three stages of hell match between the Untouchables and the Street Gang Hooligans was the best live wrestling I've ever seen. Um, And I don't know how those four men are still standing because that was insane. There was a basketball hoop spot that you haven't seen yet as well, um, which was live streamed on the Facebook page. I think it's still up there if you want to check it out. Yeah. The Dolphins had something to do with the basketball hoop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did, did Gronkowski come out? He lost, by the Didn't, way, this Sunday. Your boy. The Scroats lost. Well, the Scroats. I, mean, yeah. I did I see a video of him scoring a touchdown, though. Did you see Jinder's tweet to him? I did. That was pretty good stuff. I thought that was good. But yeah, guys, definitely check out that EPW show. Uh, you can always see videos of Anna doing some work there as well. Uh, give them a follow on Twitter. We've got a couple of news bits to talk about here, though, as well. Jason Jordan undergoing uh, what is said to be minimally invasive neck surgery. I, God, I'm glad this got cleared up pretty quickly because the only tweets I got yesterday felt like, Jason Jordan's out for a year? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what's going on here. Like, until a couple days ago, you know, they still weren't sure what was going to happen. There are a lot of different ways they could have went about this. Jeff, minimally invasive surgery was the course of action that they took. I've really, really been enjoying him, but we don't often get to hear your take on Jason Jordan. What does this mean for you as far as the quality of Raw, his career, things like that? Well, I'm I'm still disappointed that American Alpha did not take off as it was. Um, but for what they were doing on the show, his character progression in the last two months has been fantastic. <laughs> Um, I always love the term minimally invasive surgery. There's no such thing as minimally anything surgery on um, your spine. It, yeah. It, it's always a risk. And I just, you know, when they were saying he was losing grip, it reminded me a lot of both 
Paul Orndorff and Arn Anderson's injuries, mm-hmm. um, both of which were mostly pinched nerve. I think, uh, oh, I forgot, I forgot the terminology for what happened to Orndorff's arm, but I mean, it, one uh, arm basically became atrophied. Atrophied. There you go. Thank yeah. you. I can I can't remember these big words this late at night. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, and and you know, when you're dealing with the neck, it, it's never. It, it, it's always a risk and they may say, don't come back and take bumps. I mean, this could yeah. be career ending. It happens to a lot of wrestlers, a lot of MMA fighters, a lot of amateur wrestlers. I had, thank God I found DDP yoga because it cleared up a lot of space between the bulging discs that I have. But when you're falling on your back, you're falling on your neck so often that creates a bulge in the discs very often. And for him, it might be a herniation. Like we don't really have information on what it can be, but when it gets inflamed and it bulges, it presses down on that nerve that runs down your arm and you start to lose feeling, you start to lose grip. And when you're in the business of picking people up and trying to set them down safely without hurting them, yeah. but making it look like you're hurting them, that can be very dangerous. Like uh, we've heard stories in the past where that's happened. And I mean, Paul Orndorff worked a long time with that, like with his arm small. Uh, Anna, we get to hear your thoughts on Jason Jordan basically on the pay-per-view shows, but not on the raw shows. I was really enjoying his character development as like this, this try hard as Alex said last night that just became a really good heel without being a heel. But uh, what do you think this means for him as, as a far as creative com- uh, goes, because we don't know how long he's going to be out. I don't know that they do. This uh, attempted shield run has been the most disastrous thing in a pretty <laughs> long time. Um, him being Ambrose replacement. And now, they had Reigns in with Rollins last night. Um, so, yeah, who knows? I just hope the guy's okay. I hope this small, so-called, inva- um, not so invasive surgery goes off without a hitch, and he's back soon because he was doing some great work. And him and Seth together, and Seth disdain just helps sell everything. But he took what the crowd was giving him and ran with it and just turned it into gold. So, let me ask you something, Sean Ross. Um, sure. Are you surprised they went to surgery this quickly as opposed to just rest? Well, I mean, the thing is he didn't wrestle that Royal Rumble match because of this. Like that's right. why they did all the smoke and mirrors to keep him from really doing anything. So he's known about this for quite a while. And I mean, my thing was when I didn't get surgery, I, I didn't have to go bump for a living. That wasn't my living. This is his living. Like yeah. he's gotta, he's gotta do what it takes. Like, you can try the yoga, you can try the inversion, you can try all the decompression that you can, but if it doesn't make a significant improvement, surgery is really the best way to just go ahead, get in there and nip it in the bud. Right. I I was just thinking, because when I tore my knee up, they said, look, try and rehab it, see if it heals on its own first, because they were minor tears in the meniscus and the ACL. And you, you, I mean, that's, I mean, they waited about a month and a half before they made the diagnosis. We need to go into surgery. I, I, I don't know how long ago this was made. It just, it feels a little quick to just go right to surgery, which is you're playing a little bit of roulette there. So that, that just kind of, that's the most shocking part to me. Well, I mean, he, this, from what I understand, this came up about three and a half, four weeks ago. Okay. Because he wasn't on like anything after I think the first week of the year, maybe, maybe one match. And he was in some stuff with like Reigns and Rollins, like, he was he was doing like six mans early in the month and things like that. The last like real big singles match that he had was I think Cesaro, but I think that he's been feeling this for quite a while. I mean, I had heard that he was having some issues, but I didn't know it was this bad. Like they they kept that under wraps pretty well. Mm-hmm. Also, the Miz, WWE Intercontinental Champion, has signed a four year extension per a report from PW Insider. The Miz used to be a guy that we would spend about 10 to 15 minutes on every single week on this show. Now he's over on Raw. He's He's got the Miz Taraj. Jeff, your thoughts on the Miz signing a four-year extension? Uh, I echo Rob McCarron's thoughts. Should have been a 20-year extension as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Uh, this guy should have a contract for life. Uh, the Pujols deal, the Albert Pujols deal. As soon as he's done wrestling, put him in commentary or as a manager, and I'm good with that. I, I have no problem. I mean, I've, I've only met him a couple times socially, but he was always nice. And you know what? I don't knock the hustle. I mean, make that money if they feel he – I mean, look, he's possibly their best PR guy oh, yeah. other than Cena going out there doing the media and, and that 
part of the grind of this business, which is, you know, in addition to finding a gym, finding a meal, doing media hits, and then hitting the arena and doing it, you know, without being cranky, without, you know, without like losing the facade anytime, the man's a professional. Pay yeah, they, they kind of, he, I don't want to say fell into a lull, but they kind of pushed him down that ladder to the point to where he was on like the main events and superstars of, of the WWE for a while, like uh, those like C and D programs. I don't know if he ever gets back to that, that low. I think they understand what they no. have in him. And maybe maybe not WWE Championship level, but I'm not putting it past them to like a couple of years ago. We had a situation where Rollins got hurt and they moved into a Roman Reigns and Sheamus plan. I think that in the future, the Miz will be that stopgap that they need, that versatile player. Anna, uh, by the time this deal is up, and I'm sure he'll sign another one, it will have been 20 years since he was on uh, on the Real World. Quite the transformation this guy made. I think it's a you know it's a complete testament to what he's done. I have never personally met Mike the Miz, so I don't have any personal stories. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the timing as well. He his wife's about to have a kid. This is a job where he can work with her. Um, she can. I don't know if she's going to come back on the road with him, but with total divas as well and everything, it's it's a sweet setup. It's good money, and it makes complete sense that. And he obviously loves this job. He's worked so damn hard for it, and he deserves all the success he can get. Anna Bauer, true or false? If Maurice has not given birth by WrestleMania, Vince McMahon will have a delivery room set up on site in New Orleans. That implies he cares. You know, you were Ooh. saying about talking about his character. He's only a little bit of edge away from being lower part of the main event card. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, he's solid now, but if they gave him a little bit more of an edge, probably get rid of the Miz Tourage. He, he could be in the main event again real soon. I'm, I'm just thinking like uh, the, the, the Seamus Roman Reigns program is the one that comes to mind because they had a good program with Rollins and Reigns going there. Reigns or Rollins got hurt. And it's like, oh, what are they going to do? Who's going to step up? Who, who's going to be the new guy to get the opportunity? And they kind of shoehorn Sheamus in there. If they would have had a present-day Miz back then, it would have fit so much better. And that was when the, the rosters were combined. They had an entire roster to choose from back then. And that just fell flat on its face. But the Miz signed through uh, 2022, it would appear. So uh, congratulations to him. We have SmackDown Live to talk about tonight. Of course, guys, I have tons of news updates over at youtube.com slash Fightful and Fightful.com. I post a lot of YouTube exclusives. They do go up on Fightful.com stories as well. So check those out. Subscribe. Thumbs up. Let people know all about them. We started off the the night with Shane McMahon and, and Daniel Bryan coming out. And Shane McMahon, I thought this – this is what it is. It, it always is this really, really long opening promo, usually involving these two, that takes forever to get to the point. This was taking forever to get to Shane McMahon saying, Daniel, I think you're living vicariously through Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. When they started this storyline, Anna, do you think that's what they had in mind? I I don't know, honestly. I mean, it wouldn't you pick someone like AJ or something to live vicariously through? And it's just so Shane saying that to Daniel Bryan when AJ has been his pawn this entire time, there are so many holes in this damn story. And if they're using this ironically and that, you know, we are supposed to see the irony in Shane saying this, then cool. Good job. But I really don't think that's the case. I am so over this whole thing and opening the show. How many weeks in a row is this where this, Every week segment. Like. I didn't even care about AJ's cool hair flip when he, he delivered a punchline. Like this is just. <laughs> and then he said, Shane said something like, "One of the keys to our success being SmackDown is each and every week we listen to all of you." I'm like, Jinder Mahal, you can never say that again because that will be thrown back in your face from now to the end of time. Like, and and you'll have a lot of people that will uh, like it's ah. Uh... It's just such a a weird situation because, like, like is he saying that in character? Of course he is. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, nobody asked in character or out of character 
for Jinder Mahal to get that push. I mean, there were people that when it happened, they were like, well, at least they're trying something new. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah well, how, that how'd lasted that work about out? three months. Yeah. That, and then most people were just crapping on it. But then as this happens, Jeff, there's a giant Rusev Day chant <laughs> to which Shane says, duly noted. I'm sitting there thinking like, why wouldn't you just say, yeah, he's got a championship match tonight? Because he did. Because he's trying to remember his lines, probably. Yeah. Um, to answer your question you asked, Anna, I think this was the entire point of this angle the entire time, was that Daniel Bryan would be living vicariously through Kevin and Sammy. That would That's kind of what well, I thought. But can they reference, on, or can or will they reference, sorry to interrupt, that he can't wrestle and why he can't wrestle? Will they say flat out why he can't wrestle? No, but they will say he can't wrestle because they said it in the promo tonight. So within canon, it's like he can't wrestle, but we ain't telling you why. Because well, everybody should everybody should know. Yeah, there are people at home who don't have a damn clue. Mm -hmm. They think maybe he's in the Mister Perfect situation. Like maybe he'll come back. Yeah, maybe he'll just pop up and and start wrestling again. It's it's an odd odd way. It's just the man. Like there's no way that they could imagine. And let, that Shane McMahon is a babyface in this situation. And I don't really know that, that Daniel Bryan is either. They're just a couple of dickweeds. What, what do you always call them? A couple of taints, Anna? Taints. I'll there you go. Yeah. A couple of taints. Taints rubbing off. AJ Styles comes out and tells them this is getting tiring and to stay clear of the match tonight. Nakamura runs into AJ backstage and says at WrestleMania, he's going to beat him. Are we getting this every single week, Jeff? I hope so. I love troll Nakamura. I do too. I love they just come. I just love they come. I goes gonna meet you at WrestleMania. Just leaves. Never says anything else. Yeah. For the next oh, I used, six we used weeks. to have a guy on our our grappling team and or on our MMA team, and he would grapple in the adult divisions when he was fourteen years old. And when he would go up to shake the other person's hand, he would say, "Hi, I'm fourteen years old," just to get in their heads, and it would usually work. So Nakamura just popping up and being like, sup, going to beat you. Oh, yeah, and I hope he heightens a bit. I hope you, oh, hey, found this letter for you. Here it is. He opens it up. Going to beat you at WrestleMania. I'll do one better. Yeah, I'm okay with Nakamura maybe costing Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn the match at Fastlane. Okay. So he can make sure that he beats AJ Styles at WrestleMania. And then, you know, you've got more to lend to that AJ, or that, that Sam, Ah, son of a bitch. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn thing where the world is against them. The world's working against them. Anna Nakamura, trolling. How you feel? I want them to next level it, but in the terms of like AJ's getting out of the shower and then Shinsuke pops up in the bathtub and says, okay, I'm going to beat you and just walks out. Like Hmm. I want home segments kind of thing. Wraps him in a towel. (laughs) takes care of him, wakes up first thing in the morning. Nakamura is just sitting there like, hey, I'm going to beat you. Sitting at lunch. What are you going to have? Well, I'll have the eggs, and I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania. <laughs> yes, there we go. It's a note in the sandwich, yeah. <laughs> so I'll skip ahead a bit, guys. There was a top ten list tonight. <sighs> and, I mean, really, I don't know why I'm talking about this. But here we go. Number 10, Ty Dillinger. Appropriately, they said. Number 9, Randy Orton. Number 8, Becky Lynch, who was not on the show tonight. Uh, Ty Dillinger also wasn't. Number 7, The Usos. Number 6, New Day. Number 5, Bobby Roode. Number 4, Naomi. 3, Shinsuke Nakamura. 2, Charlotte Flair. 1, AJ Styles. Now, this is supposedly voted on by all of the wrestlers backstage, or at least voted on by wrestlers backstage. All baby faces. Jeff, how long before they drop this? Two weeks. Anna? Um, that would require them having awareness. Look, if you're going to put it over as a shoot, don't put Ty Dillinger at number 10 to start it off on the very first week. Kind of gives it away. The circumstance, just like the Royal Rumble entrant. That's what they're doing. This is uh, whatever. Whatever. Maybe they get a feud out of it. Baron Corbin attacks Dillinger backstage. I want to be number 10. Yeah, okay, buddy. Sure. Sure. 
I only even brought that up because uh, New Day referenced it in one of their backstage promos. They are backstage <laughs> answering questions. One is, <laughs> do, Corey. do you think <laughs> Corey Graves had a better jab or left hook? This is because Booker T, which it, this is what I really want to talk about. Booker T said that Corey Graves cost him his job at WWE because WWE was fearful of what, what Booker would do to Corey Graves. And even went as far as to say that if he catches Corey Graves outside of WWE, he's going to kick his ass. Anna? Is Booker T shooting or working here? Because it's real hard to tell with this guy. I think he's working. He may have had some some issues with Corey, but their commentary the whole time, they had a good banter going. Yeah. With with Byron, it's more like, okay, I, I can believe that if Byron had the ability to punch out Corey Graves, he might. Um, but I just don't get that with Booker. The thing I like about Booker is you can hardly ever tell when he is shooting or working. And this day and age, that doesn't happen very often. Jeff, Jeff, let's talk about this. Corey Graves, concussion history, Mm -hmm. a shoot fight against Booker T. Now, Booker T, in his day, won badass dude. 13 years ago, he beat up Batista. Right now, he's 52 years old. He'll be 53. He can't do a spin rooney anymore, so he claims. He had elbow surgery last year. Mounts up. He can't work anymore. Who wins a shoot fight? We're really discussing this. Hell yeah, we are. I'm chopping this up. I'm making it a video on the YouTube page. We're talking about it. Booker T shoots hard on Corey Graves. I always go with the guy who served time, so I would go with Booker T. How do we know that maybe Corey Graves didn't do an overnighter? Uh, over overnighters a little different than for uh, armed robbery. You never know. You never know. <laughs> but I, you know what? I, I, I think, I think there's probably a little bit of bitterness here, but I think it's being played up. It's being turned up to eleven, possibly for interest in his show. Later on, after the top ten list is revealed, New Day says six. That's the percentage of a chance we give Corey Graves in a street fight. That was great. Uh, also, to wrap up. I love the selflessness of New Day. Like, even in their interviews, in their Royal Rumble, like, pre-match interviews, how bad they want Kofi to main event things. Like, they talk about, they said that they were going to make sure that Kofi won the Royal Rumble and that he became WWE champion. And that that continued throughout these. Anna, uh, very low, probably also about a 6% possibility. Do we see Kofi Kingston get a WWE championship match this year? Not this year. I mean, if there's a ton of injuries and they have to, he's not winning it. There's too much money in the new day. I did not like these spots. And I I, I get where you're coming from with that, but this was it. I was like, oh, cool. Sesame Street's teaching us about friendship today. <laughs> oh, I, I, the only reason I'm even talking about this is so we could have, so we could touch on the Corey Gray's Booker T thing. I don't really give a shit about it. I, I, uh, number one, we had to give props to Xavier Woods, Aaron Burr shirt. I think that was spectacular. Um, but, uh, I disagree. I think, I think he, I think, I don't think, uh, I don't think Kofi gets a big pay-per-view title match, but on one of these throwaway Smackdowns. Sure. Why not pay off the story? I could see it. I could see it. Charlotte defeated Liv Morgan with the riot squad. I don't have the a damn clue why the riot squad are or were ever a thing. It is. We're past the point of this being like some sort of tie-in with absolution. It ain't. It's not. It was. It truly was just lazy ass writing and booking. And as I mentioned on Twitter, I like the parts. I just don't like the sum. I don't like everything that, that these three have become because it's really pointless. And and I just don't get it. Charlotte dominates Liv Morgan pretty heavily early on. You eventually get the basic. Heel cutting off the baby face, putting her in like the, the straight jacket hold type of deal. Back uh, after the break, Charlotte lands her cool little neck breaker and a spear on Liv and Logan after she gets yanked off the top rope. The Riot Squad get chucked out when they try to get involved. Charlotte hits a big boot in the figure eight. They said that Charlotte uh, asked for this match after the attack last week. Anna, this going anywhere else? And what did you think of the match? How bored must Charlotte be if she's deciding to pick off the riot squad one by one like that's a good summation 
that's a good summation of the women's division right now. It's like, well, shit, there's nothing else to do, so what's up? It's still, and this is not really actually anything to do with the in-ring or the characterization. It's just to do with how they were introduced and how they've been built ever since. It's It still looks like, tonight looks like trainee versus trainer in a match, and the only way that the trainee should get the upper hand is if she's playing really dirty. But, you know, obviously dirty. And this is the issue I've had with the Riot Squad from the beginning is especially because they have come up from NXT, but that there's something about the presentation or the music. I don't know what it is, but it just makes me go, the only way that you guys can win is if you cheat. And being heels, you know, it's kind of, that's obviously the way to go. But something, the way that it's being done, it's, the way that the other women are selling it or the way that commentary is selling it, I'm not entirely sure what it is, but they are presenting them as if they're equal competition and they have not proved that whatsoever. There's no no reason for me to believe that. Yeah. Yeah. So when this shit happens, it's like, why the hell would Charlotte care about these three little girls? Why would she actually look at them as if they're real competition? That's why I'm like, okay, she must be bored. There is nothing else to do in the division. So she's going to pick off these girls until WrestleMania. Sarah Logan, yeah, Sarah Logan snarls at people. Ruby Riot tells everybody how stupid everything that they like is. And I, I don't know what Liv does. Liv loses matches. Uh, Jeff, your, your thoughts on this entire situation? There's literally been no characterization of these three since their debut. They are women in shirts. Um, now that is not true. Sarah Logan eats game meat. And that's and, it. And and has bad metaphors, yeah. Um oh, hell yeah, she does. I I'm of the opinion that Liv is a little bit in over her head right now. Um I agree with Anna's assessment. It looks like it looked like trainer versus trainee. It looked like Liv was trying to remember the dance steps as she was going through the match. Her offense wasn't very crisp, it wasn't very good. Um, and you know what? I juxtapose it with the raw women right now. Cause they've finally, I think gotten something right in terms of what Sasha and Bailey can do in terms of long, good matches on television and finally trying to figure out, Oh, well maybe that's a good way to get them over. Meanwhile, Charlotte and Becky, the other two horsewomen, and I'm a ride or die NXT horsewomen person are dying on the vine on this SmackDown roster trying to, you know, you got Lana, you got Tamina. Carmella's an interesting character, but she's not going to give you a great match. Naomi is hit or I, miss. I wouldn't know. I haven't seen Carmella work we haven't a long had, match in exactly. so long. We haven't had long matches, and what happened on Raw was they finally figured out, oh, by the way, our champion hasn't defended her title since October yeah. because we've been trying to build up Nia. And on this other side, we haven't been doing anything other than throw everybody in the match at once. Yeah, uh, Carmella could be the great Sasuke for all I know. Like, I don't know what she can do anymore. I don't know. I'd ever see her wrestle for any extended period of time. And you had these three come up and Ruby Riot, sure, why not? I look at that NXT roster and I'm like, my God, there are any number of people I would have. Nikki Cross should have came up before this. Ember Moon should have came up before this. Now, granted, I know based on where they are, they can or can't. Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, uh, Shayna Baszler would have been a better choice to bring up as opposed to uh, Sarah Logan at this stage. I, I would use the metaphor they're playing a bit scared with the women. They're they're afraid of throwing them out there for a while because they're afraid someone's going to get lost or someone's going to have a bad match and then the crowd's going to turn on. So they leave these short matches, but then it leaves people like Charlotte and Becky nothing to do. Well, hey. That's why you bring up an Ember Moon or a Peyton Royce so you don't have to worry about that. My God, it's such a weird thing. And I mean, like, hey, I'm pulling for Sarah Logan because the only Kentucky representative in WWE that we had for a long time were Eugene and Hillbilly Jim. I guess you could count Rob Conway. He pretended to be a French guy. But yikes, yikes. Sarah Logan and her fiancé do jousting, like medieval jousting. You know how cool that is? Hey, that, that's let her that's go in and do act. shit like that. And you know what, man? Yeah, that would have been like a really terrible thing. Like, hey, let's put Sarah Logan with War Machine in NXT. Mother of God, Mother of God. I saw this. 
picture on Twitter yesterday where like somebody posted like to Road Dog like <laughs> can we have more than one women's program and it was just a picture of him staring at the screen like <laughs> absent minded. Oh well, Bludgeon Brothers defeated some jobbers. This was cool. They crucifixed the guy, killed him. Threw one overhead. Rowan hit a body press to the outside. It's very clear, Anna. We're getting Bludgeon Brothers and Usos. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I mean, that's. I watched this and went, okay, well, lucky this isn't raw because that would be the revival being killed. Um, but it's gotten to the point with the Bludgeon Brothers where it's like, okay, you have to move on now. We've seen this. And it's not like that with Strowman initially when they were showing off his monstrosity with killing all these jobbers because, you know, you had one, you had him facing two, you had him facing four and just kept building. This was just same thing every week. They slap each other in the face and kill a couple of guys. Um, My only issue with the Usos thing, and this is just from watching them stand across from each other tonight, you look at the Usos and you look at the Bludgeon Brothers in terms of appearance. That's it, their clothing. Bludgeon Brothers look like jokes. And Foot soldiers from the Ninja Turtles. They look horrible. Those outfits are horrible. And then the actual bludgeoning tools, it's just next to the Usos. Come on, guys. You look like dorks. I well, agree. Uh, the Usos cut a promo afterwards, and they very explicitly talked about the arrest. <laughs> Straight up <laughs> referencing it over and over again. Jeff, did you think that they were going to do this? I mean, they, they kind of alluded to it before. I like the edge. I do. And and they did and they did last week as well a little bit. But uh I, I'm on Team Anna on this one. I wanna see, you know, as opposed to walking around the Bludgeon Brothers, I want to stare down. I want them in each other's faces. I want two teams that are angry at each other and do mean things to each other. Cause I loved, loved this Bludgeon Brothers squash match that was on tonight. I that that's how you get over a team like that. I loved it. Yeah, the, the Usos should have been out there right in Bludgeon Brother, Brothers' face because that's the yeah. kind of guys the Usos are. Mm-hmm. Why not? Very much looking forward to them. I like their promo style. Jimmy Van hates it. You all can hear and complain about it tomorrow on the list in your boy, but I love it. I think it's it's them. It's real. They they evolve so much. WWE United States Championship match. Bobby Roode defeated Rusev. Aiden English heals the crowd with the song, then leaves. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's them in a Rusev Day chant. That was weird. What was not weird, what was incredible, was the bouncing Rusev head. (laughs) As uh, people could sing along, Anna, this is everything we needed. If they're going to have words on a screen, then I guess this is the only way to do it. Uh, it's the best way to do should, it. Should, should I go into the match now? Or are you going to set it yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get some back and forth, time killing stuff early on. Rusev heaves Rude overhead with a fallaway slam. I thought that Rude sold Rusev strikes like a million bucks, like sold all the way around the ring. Corey Graves cackles at Byron Saxton, not being able to define what a magnum opus is. Anna, do you know what a magnum opus is? 
Yes, I do, but it's not one of those things where I'm like straight up dictionary definition of. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I know where you're coming from with this. Jeff, what is a magnum opus? Well, it's Latin, number one, but it's, 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 well, it's someone's most important work, right? Hot dog! We have a well-read panel. College educated. Um, <laughs> let, let, me, let me go into uh, something. I, I disliked Aiden English healing on the crowd when, they're, when they naturally want to root for Rusev. I, I, they do this with their heels, and it confuses me in so many ways. They want a part audience interaction, but at the same time, they want them to boo the guy. You, you can't have it both ways. You can't have the fireflies at first. Now you can, but because Bray is just a dead as a character, but like with, with Elias and the walk with Elias and who wants to walk with Elias and, and with Miz and the Miz TV sing-along stuff, I, I, I think it's, uh, it, it, it really, that's how you get people not to be into your heels. You're supposed to boo heels. You're not supposed to sing along with them in many ways. And, and in some ways, this is kind of an offshoot of the Attitude Era with The Rock. But in others, it's just really not wanting to be as straight ahead with a heel face dynamic as... as uh, they just want to love be. these guys so much. And They're they entertainers. They're entertainers on a show. That's what they yeah. are. Yeah. Well, I find Bobby Roode much more entertaining in the ring as a baby face. Like, that's a lot. That's the case with a lot of guys that can do more exciting stuff, but... When he's in the ring, I see what everybody has touted for a decade. When he's a heel in the ring, I see that plodding, slow style that doesn't really appeal to me. It doesn't seem as special to me. There's a spine buster from Rude that hits as we come back from a commercial. Rude uh, kicks out of a Rusev kick, and then they tussle a little bit in and out of an accolade attempt into a couple of pin attempts. Glorious DDT. Bobby Rude wins. Pretty, pretty good match. Anna, what did you think? I, I thought they would pull the trigger on Rusev here. They listen, they listen, but I mean, granted, that was that was in kayfabe. So they, I don't know what's going on with them and Rusev. I don't know what the backstage deal is, but uh, um, I will get back to Jeff's point in a second in terms of the likability of the heels thing. There was just a. The spot at the start of the match where Rusev did his Rusev Day chant and then charged at Bobby Roode, and then Bobby Roode got the upper hand back on Rusev and did the, the, the glorious chant as a response. And then Rusev just nodded and had this look on his face like, yeah, I can respect that. I just <laughs> thought that was the coolest thing. Um, yeah, so back to Jeff's point, like I really I did enjoy this match a lot. Um, does make you question, especially as they put up, on the screen afterwards that Baron Corbin is facing Dolph Ziggler next week. So what was the point of Ziggler leaving the title in the ring? Um, In terms of the likability of the heels thing, I think they are so worried now that about the line, about overstepping the line. I think they tried to do it with Jinder where there was legitimate heat and people really didn't like this guy and they just completely pistol over the line and, now I think they just, in this new day and age, they don't know how to temper it. And so this is now their result is the likability thing, I guess. Um, that's my opinion on it. Um, the only other thing I was thinking during this match was considering how much action we miss every single week during matches as we throw to commercial break and you know, a lot of this match was a, a chin hold. Um that makes me think, okay, well, this is their emphasis is on storyline then for these two shows in particular, Raw and SmackDown. But then why is on SmackDown we only have one continuous story and it is so badly constructed and it just made me think about what is, where are their priorities at? Like what are they actually trying to do with these weekly episodic TV shows? Because it seems so confused right now as to what the point is. It's like they started off with this intention years ago and then it's just become this other thing that's gotten out of hand and there's so many cooks in the kitchen at the same time not getting a say and then it just comes across as this really confused product. Like what am I watching at the moment? Because it isn't about the wrestling, but it's also not about the storyline because there is only one real storyline in this entire two-hour show that has been actually of substance. That's what I got from this match. 
And there, there are a lot of key players that aren't on this show. Like, there's no Becky Lynch tonight. There's, there was no Baron Corbin who they protect to a degree on this show tonight. Like, there was, we just got an announcement that he'd be facing a guy as you mentioned, hasn't been around. What's what's the point? It, it's it's hard to convey into words, especially after following what you said, but. They they lack any real interesting direction. It, it, this is really just the, hey, this is what one guy wants type of thing. Uh, Jeff, what did you think of this Rusev Bobby Roode match? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I I like Bobby Roode's white robe. I think that's a pretty slick look. To be too. honest with you, um, I think these two work quite well together. I actually, you know, and Rusev was looking strong last week. I thought they were going to put the belt on him and possibly turn him babyface. But after, after, I mean, that, that was the other problem with the Aiden English uh, intro was, was it totally made me, made me realize now nope, they're not switching the belt or doing anything uh, tonight with the guy. Um, get back to Anna's point a little bit. They fear heat. They fear actual heat. So they do the kind of the cheat type of stuff. All the bad guys are kind of cartoonish and they're cheating and things like that. They fear heat because of the sponsor thing. And it goes as far back. I mean, I remember having this talk when, when the Nexus debut happened and Daniel Bryan ended up getting fired that first time for the choke for choking Justin Roberts with the tie. Um, It's been a, it's been a source of an issue because you can't have interesting stories without interesting bad guys. That's why people gravitated to Owens and Zane so heavily at the beginning of this angle. And now we're waiting for some sort of character development within the Daniel O'Brien, Shane, Shane McMahon relationship. And Owens and Zane are stuck in a holding pattern until they resolve that relationship. And we figure out what's going on. And then they can finally have, you know, some semblance of interesting bad guys. But other than that, you know, it's not the match itself. I, I, like I said, I liked it a lot. I'm possibly the only person on this panel that didn't like the Randy Orton stone cold. Randy Orton comes I in just as RKO's randomly. I did. I didn't. Oh, no, I I'm Bobby that. rude. I, I, I'm just like, okay, here's another guy. Uh, it, it seemed like, okay, we're putting this in just so that people in Missouri get to see the RKO. And it was just like, okay, I get the I get the RKO out of nowhere gimmick, and I get that he's going to attack both faces and heels, but there's no motivation for it other than just to do it. They're keeping him on TV. They're getting yeah. the RKO in front of Missouri. Now they could have done that during I mean, a commercial story, break. Storyline wise, sure, I, yeah. I understand. I understand the pandering point. Well, they they have no direction for him because, as you yeah. said, they fear, they fear any real heat. And this guy, I mean, the thing is, he gets a reaction, but mm-hmm. does he ever get? heat no but you can get reaction with with a complete absence of heat and that does happen like mm-hmm. hey man i never wanted to cheer tuco salamaca on breaking bad that's for damn sure but if you have a good enough show and people demand like they demand it and they want to watch it sponsors don't care i'll, but, I'll give you another character i have. I rooted for Gus Fring for a while, and then he became too evil, and then I hated him even more because I was yeah. cheering him before. Yeah, no, see, characters can have depth. It's just they gotta you gotta work at it, and it, it was it's so weird because it looks like they've been attempting to do that on Raw, and then all the creative energy is kind of spent for the next night. It's just so bizarre to me that it's a pro wrestling program. It's violent. It's supposed to be violent, mm-hmm. and that's it's supposed to have edge. There is a very clear line of like, okay, well, don't insult people because of the color of their skin or their sexual preference or whatever. But when it comes to, you know, what the job is and getting heat, choking someone with a towel when you know that this is a pro wrestling program, how is that an issue? I mean, the and thing the thing- is, they went that far. They went to Jinder Mahal making fun of Nakamura because he was Asian. And yeah, but I'm saying like that's and- just... You don't have a problem writing that, but you have a problem with someone choking someone with a towel on a pro wrestling program. It's bizarre. It's the differences in heat. Like, I don't believe the bad guys hate the good guys on this program to the point where it's a a reliable feud. There's the cheap heat of what what gender did. And then there's there's I hate you tomorrow night. I'm going to beat you up in the ring as opposed to we're going to have a match for a championship opportunity. You know, that, that kind of, uh, you know, gilding, gilding the jagged edge. With with gender. I thought it was beyond cheap heat. I thought it was desperation. heat. it was, 
Like, they couldn't get this guy over in any other way that they had to resort to that. But the thing is, it was so transparent, and everybody knew that that was their last-ditch effort to try to get this guy over. Oh, we'll make fun of him because of how he looks. We'll make fun of him because he's Asian. Man, that was that was the dirt worst. Uh, I, You know, whatever keeps Randy Orton from doing chin locks on WWE TV, I'm cool <laughs> with. So, The what I want to say, like, if he's going to do this, then I want him to attack everyone. I want him to be doing RKOs to management. I want him to be doing RKOs to interns. Like, make it a thing instead of just coming out and doing it at the end of these freaking matches. Stan? I just RKO'd Stan. They have Stan, Jeff. It's like canyon cutters. You remember that? Just the random canyon cutters that were all over the place? That's what they should do with the RKO. Just writers, people holding cakes, catering. I uh, interviewed Raven, a friend of Canyon. Uh, I was supposed to get like 15 minutes with him. We ended up talking for like an hour. So that the a couple of excerpts of that's going to be on the list. And your boy. Also, I have a segment coming up, guys. It'll be a YouTube segment that we also run on Fightful.com where I examine an anatomy of a finishing move with the person. And I talked to Raven about his even flow DDT, why he renamed it the Raven Effect, all kinds of cool stuff like that. That'll come up in a few weeks, likely. Training Day defeated the Ascension. It looked like Tommy Wiseau directed and produced that Gable and Benjamin segment. It was garbage. It was bad, Anna. They like (laughs) the way they attacked that board. (laughs) It was like, I thought we got away. I thought the room was better than this. It was much better. Yeah, you're right. I thought we got away with it. We didn't have the words on the screen. Until this moment. And then it was like one of the producers backstage was like, oh, shit, the words. People won't know what's going on. And then decided to assault our screens with it. I just, yeah, Jeff, thank you. <laughs> they would defeat the Ascension on Connor's birthday at that. Their offense to me, Jeff, now I want to see if maybe I'm alone in this. They don't mess anything up, but they rarely seem like they're on the same page. It's like they have to look at each other and be like, you ready? I'm ready. Are we both ready? Okay, let's let's both jump at this knee. Yeah, a little bit. They're, they're still they're still working out teamwork and that kind of that that uh, uh, unspoken communication, so to speak. Uh, I'm going to put over the ascension here. I th- I really enjoyed both their work in this match, especially Victor on the hot tag. I thought that was you know, that's the most they've gotten in a long, long time. And I thought it was a lot of fun while it lasted. Um, the promo itself, uh, to quote, uh, the great Sean Rass sap, uh, duty. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I hated this with the passion of a thousand sons. I hated the whole stopping the match midway to yell comedy, you know, that kind of stuff, whatever they're doing with Gable, it's, it's all the wrong instincts in my opinion. In terms of character work. I hated the promo with the passion of the Christ because it made me want to die for three days. It really did. It was that bad. It was garbage. Uh, When you talk about the Ascension, we've seen this with a lot of guys, especially on SmackDown. We've not really seen them as baby faces. So they're getting to show a little bit different uh, than what we've seen. And a Rick Victor hot tag isn't something that I... (laughs) really ever expected to see but it wasn't bad loved it connor hit gable with a beautiful flapjack like that thing was a work of art really good uh spine buster german suplex training days finished does that have a name yet not to my knowledge no Hmm. winner gets a wwe title shot at wwe fast lane sammy Zayn and kevin owens go to a no contest styles is on commentary this is the first time Zayn and KO have faced off in a singles match since September 26. Things get heated pretty early on after a, a little exchange. Zayn gets the better of a takedown. We go through the, the spots where, like, it's a Kevin Owens fisherman neckbreaker. Zayn's rope walk DDT. Then Owens eats knees on a, a swanton attempt, a beautiful one. Zayn gets his torpedo DDT through the, through the turnbuckles, which I just always think looks great. There's a frog splash. The crowd's going nuts for this. Zane answers with a half Nelson suplex and a blue thunder bomb that I buy every single time. Every damn time. And he's like, yeah, this is this is it. Because he got it a couple weeks ago. So they restored my faith in the move. 
and they sold me a ticket, 2.9. These two guys are made for each other. Zane gets in Styles' face. AJ beats him up. DQ finish. Styles dives into both men. Daniel Bryan makes a triple threat match for Fastlane. Jeff, this match, I thought it was a lot of fun, but I want your thoughts. Oh, this this match saved this show, in my opinion. I absolutely adored this match. Uh, with the lone exception is I, I found the AJ Styles losing it a little bit contrived, but I understand why they had to do it for plot purposes. But the match itself um, over-delivered because I thought they were going to do not necessarily finger poke a doom stuff, but you I know, both I of them we were looking at Michael's both of them pin each other. Both of them get a count out, something like that happening. I thought we were looking match. at Michael's HBK European title match from December 97 raw where triple H hits the rope 16 times in a row. And Shawn Michaels falls over type of thing. Like I thought that's what we were facing. Mm. No, but, uh, but overall, I mean, this match over delivered for, for just a basic weekly TV match. I thought that was great. Really good stuff. Anna, uh, your thoughts on this and this triple threat match at Fastlane. Is this where the, the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn thing comes to an end at Fastlane? Or, you know, is there, is there some, some fuckery afoot, as they say on the streets? If this is the end of not necessarily Sami versus KO, just them together, uh, I'll be even more pissed off than I am with this program because these are two guys that this like it's way as we said last week it's way too soon to be breaking them up and I sincerely hope that this is just you know if something happens like Nakamura coming in and screwing them over then that brings them back together because otherwise this is just a complete waste of them and it actually goes back to something AJ said on commentary goes back to what Jeff was saying before about having the whole point of these feuds because it's like a it's a blood feud thing it's these guys hate each other AJ said something like you know they're beating each other to death and I'm loving it and Byron or someone piped in with you know you might not have an opponent now he's like yeah that's not a bad thing like (laughs) this this kind of spite and disdain between wrestlers this is the kind of feud like I want to see this match where AJ just hates them because these guys keep getting in the way of this being a legitimate title shot, title run, competitors, everything, as opposed to he is a pawn in management's game. Mm-hmm. And then AJ then ruined it when he, someone, I think someone must have said in someone's ear on commentary, you know, put over their talent because he's like, oh, no, they're great in perfor- in-ring performers. They're just guys you like to hate. I'm like, okay, that just killed any kind of momentum that could have been built in that second because it's back to you just sound like a a pawn in a game. You sound like a schoolyard bully as opposed to actually feeling like these guys are compromising your title or, you know, your legacy over this run. Yeah, I I think they overthought it a little bit. I think I think if AJ was out there telling the two of them to beat each other up, someone will go, well, he's not really a babyface champion then. And they may have overthought a little bit on that end. But I disagree. I I, I think I think if you are even if you are a good guy, you're watching two bad guys beat each other up. You should cheer for both of them to beat each other up as much as Mm -hmm. possible. Again, it goes back to character depth. It's I just- will draw a, an MMA comparison. Robert Whitaker, hey, hey, this fight is happening in your hometown of Perth this weekend. Robert Whitaker's the hometown boy. He was supposed to defend his championship on this 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 Saturday. He got a stomach uh, he got a stomach infection and couldn't do it. So now they're having the last guy that he beat fight the top contender, and he said, "Yeah, can't wait to watch these two guys kick the living shit out of each other." So I can kick the living shit out of whatever's left of the one that wins. Yep. People love him. People love the guy. He's an A plus dude. That's real. That's a normal human emotion to have. And AJ, I think, conveys normal human emotion as well as anybody. He he tries to squeeze it in where maybe WWE doesn't want him to squeeze it in. And uh, this this used to be the easy show to cover. And last night there were like. There were like three or four really good matches, I thought, on Monday Night Raw. There were a lot of good stuff to watch on Raw. I did my match ratings, and a six or a seven on my match rating guide is pretty good. And I had like three or four matches at that. I thought it was, I thought Bailey had her best main roster match. I thought 
Apollo Crews had maybe his best main roster match. And then on SmackDown, it's just like, man, let me ask you all this. It's something I brought up on on Twitter. The absence of talking smack has has created such a void to me because it made me care about these people so so much. Like I watch like WWE 24 and I watch Mixed Match Challenge promos and I'm like ride along and I'm like, oh, there's Naomi. She's really fun to watch. She's really interesting. She's really like charismatic and charming. And they get her on TV and they give her this drivel to read. And it's not her thing. It doesn't fit her very well. But I watch Mixed Match Challenge. I watch all those things I just mentioned. I watch Talking Smack. And I just think that she's magnetic on there. And that happens with no shortage of stars. And am I alone? Like, even though it never, like, sometimes it didn't even contribute to any sense of of a storyline, but it made me connect with these people on a personal level much more. But yeah, exactly, because it was getting their characters over and it was giving them depth, which the show doesn't have otherwise. I'm learning because I help construct the promos at EPW and I'm learning that, you know, sometimes the booking doesn't come into really late. Okay, we need to get a promo done. Let's focus on getting the characters over then. That's kind of the whole point. And then who knows what can grow once you actually have solid characters to work from. Whereas I just don't understand what I was saying before. Like, what is the point of this show? It's not about the characters. It's not about the wrestling. It's not about the story. It's about McMahon's. Like, what? why am I watching this now? Jeff, what do you think of this? Look, the thing I watch the most on the network is old studio wrestling. I watch a lot of the 605s from my youth, where it was just, you get guys in a small studio, they have a squash match for 30 seconds, they come in, you have two minutes to talk. Say something. Say something relevant. Bring us into the building. That's what I loved about Talking Smack, is once you got rid of the heavy marketing hard sell facade you could really get moments of real humanity and yes bad guys are real people too and you could get a lot of the depth in the character development in there and daniel bryan was such a great troll to bring out certain aspects because they weren't concentrated on you know catchphrases and you know, and, and slogans and, and all these other things. And they could really focus on saying something that mattered. And, you know, when you, I mean, look, everybody points to the Miz as the high end on many of those shows. And it's true. And that's why Miz is on raw today. And that's why he got yet another great contract extension uh, earlier in this week, but it did so much for so many people for Alexa bliss, Alexa bliss, going on that show helped her be more comfortable when she got on the quote unquote a show in front of all those people. She had learned how to react. She had learned how to do snappy comebacks to other people in a genuine way. And then when she got the crappy scripted dialogue, she could actually then imbue some actual real emotion while portraying those terrible lines that she would often get. I mean, I, I'd love to bring this back and then put someone like a Bailey on there because they were so lost with their character for so long and thinking, well, we have to do the, you know, the, the hugging teenage friend type thing as opposed to, you know, champion type thing. But we don't want to push her too hard on that. She could really find herself on a show like that. And and look, promos to me are the heart of wrestling. It, it's fake fighting and talking smack. And, and that's all I ever wanted out of wrestling. And you're right. I mean, it was such a joy to watch that half hour of talking smack every week after SmackDown, when the Usos came on, when someone else came on, I'm sorry, I'm filibustering here. And when, I you miss, had, when you had I miss it more Renee than young, Renee young, yes. one of the best in the business. Renee there. is such a good, and Renee is a great straight woman and, and they didn't give her enough credit for that. Yeah. Many times she would just feel, I mean, just her reactions of hearing something ridiculous and actually being able to react rather than stare off into space for five seconds. And then really you really help make that. Show. You have Daniel Bryan there who doesn't give a shit about anything. That was the perfect combination. He's pushing think- people. He's pushing people. That's all he was doing was pushing people to be better. 
on that show. I keep thinking about this two episodes of The Walking Dead, which, spoiler alert, I guess they were a while ago. Um, but they weren't necessarily my favorite episodes, but they were that well written. And one was when the governor came back after being disappeared. He disappeared for so long. It was just his episode. And we all thought, holy shit, he's changed. He's a good guy now. And at the end of the episode, completely flipped it on your head. And then the other side of that was this episode where Carol and Maggie, and I think one other person, were captured by these other people randomly. And by the end of the episode, they managed to kill every single person. But they're the good guys. But you saw their internal conflicts. You saw what being their captive meant to them, what was on the line. So you felt for them. You, it didn't make them, oh, shit, they're bad guys now because they've just gone and killed everyone. It's the same with the governor. You saw his soft side. You saw why he loved these people, but he's still a dick. He still is ruthless as shit. This is character dimension. And you're a TV show. You're a weekly episodic TV show. Do your job. Breaking Ground made me care about Baron Corbin. And that is not easy to do. Boy, they that made... show did a lot for people. On that that was one. That wasn't like one of my favorite wrestling shows at the time. That was one of my favorite TV shows. Mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> I thought it was beautifully crafted and done so well. And I think WWE is doing a real disservice to themselves by not having Talking Smack. I would move a Bailey to SmackDown and have her on Talking Smack doing stuff like that. We'll talk more about that. I think I think they have a real chance to, to spice SmackDown up here in a couple months, and they really need to do it. Uh, Anna, before we go, tell people about EPW and where they can follow you on Twitter. Um, I'm at Anna Bowett on Twitter and Instagram. It's B-A-U-E-R-T. And follow at EPW Perth on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we have um, our show on Saturday night, which was pretty damn incredible um like i said at the top of the show the best live wrestling i've ever seen um and we had some really cool spots a really cool debut of um, monsters uh pretty much so that's gonna be on video on demand on our vimeo from the vault from friday so if you follow us on twitter you can see that and we have Progress versus EPW officially on sale, and that is for April 18th. And all oh, my dreams are coming true <laughs> with this happening. Jeff can be seen on uh, a Fightful.com alternate commentary podcast that dropped Elimination Chamber 2003, where it's from SummerSlam 2003. Jeff, I went the opposite route. On Royal Rumble 2005, I did all this preparation. I walked into Elimination Chamber 03, and I was like, no fact checking, nothing. And then 12 people told me that the reason that Triple H wore spandex capris was because he was nursing a groin injury. Oh, I uh, saw, I saw all those. Uh, all those <laughs> yes. Too. Yes. Thank you to you guys. But it was still a lot of fun. We have uh, the Extreme Elimination Chamber coming up soon. Myself and Anna are going to film a couple of WrestleMania ones. Oddly enough, one featuring Raven. And I got to talk to him about the match. But Jeff, tell people what you're up to this week. Um, my favorite bit of yours on those things is always the, I'm trying to keep this timeless. Uh, <laughs> um, if you haven't listened to Rob and I's uh, two hour post uh, mortem of Royal Rumble weekend, there are a lot of people saying it was our best episode. Um, I am always continued excellence. Rob finally stepped up his game. Uh, but this week we'll be going over a, uh, what I thought was a very, very fun raw. And uh, and anything else that went on in 205 and NXT this week, um, follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. Follow me at Crap Game 13. And much like Anna has never met The Miz, I have never been to EPW. Yet. Yeah. Nope. I, I'm, I'm going to get it. Check it out, Check it out on video. Cut some promos. Get me booked, Anna. Get me booked. I'll throw out a couple what's up, you guys. I'll take the frog splash. I'll take it off the ladder. Why not? Why not? Guys, Wednesday, 3 p.m. The Listen, your boy, the flagship podcast of Fightful.com, Fightful founder Jimmy Van, and your boy. We're joined by Raven. All kinds of good stuff there. Fightful.com, make it your destination, my friends. Thumbs up, subscribe, turn those notifications on, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Until next time, we're out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.